I'm Pastor Gerald Rico, and this message is a part of our online ministry here at River of Life in Menominee, Wisconsin. To find out more about us, please visit our website, riveroflife.co. Again, that is riveroflife.co. But for now, prepare your heart and enjoy this message. For those of you who are joining us online, my name is Gerald. I'm the pastor out here. We are glad that you are worshiping with us today. We are glad that you are part of all that's happening. We are starting a new series today called Open House. And it is a series looking at the idea of hospitality. Now, I recognize today uh, we've had a few glitches, and really those were on purpose help you understand, we recognize sometimes things don't always work the way you want them to. No, they weren't really on purpose. I, I need to be honest with you. But, uh, but the truth is, as a church, we want to be prepared. We want to be prepared for the fact that people are going to be walking through our doors, that people are going to be joining us online. And we recognize that God has called us to be a people of hospitality. For those of you who don't know my story, um, I uh, spent the years preceding me being here at uh, River of Life as a GM, or basically the equivalent of that, at a Chick-fil-A down in Georgia. And when I first was brought on the management team, the, the, my operator came to me and said, I'd like you to consider being on the management team. And he's like, I need to give you a title just to make it official so I can put you on the record, so that I can, I can put you into the... Um, insurance. And so uh, the title he gave me was Director of Profits. And I was like, is that with a F or with a PH? And he's like, whichever one you want it to be. And so, um, but, but that was just a, a title to get me in the, in the door. And then eventually, um, I did actually become the Director of Customer Experience in our store, where it was my job to make sure when people walked in, they had a great experience. On top of that, I have gone through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, and I understand what it takes to have a good open house, uh, because he talks about what it takes to sell a home in that, uh, in that course. And, you know, he talks about making sure you get the curb appeal all set up. He makes sure that you make sure the counters are all clean. He says, if you can, before you get there, bake a loaf of bread. Like, before, before the family shows up, you know, have a loaf of bread baking in the oven so that you can have people walking in and they're smelling this wonderful aroma of freshly baked bread. It, it, it will go a long way to help you close the deal. And, and so there's all of these ticks, or tricks and tips that you can use when you're trying to do an open house. Well, today we're talking about open house and we're talking about what it means to be a people of God, what it means to be a people of hospitality. And through this series, I want us to look at the hospitality we see from cover to cover. I don't know if you realize, but from the very beginning to the very end of the Bible, there is a constant theme of hospitality woven in it. There, there are these, these settings, these places in which we can see the hospitality be extended from God, we can see hospitality being extended by the people of God. And, and it's something that they take very seriously. Which, in preparing for this, you know, it got me thinking about a very interesting concept that I think all of us have some, at least, connection with. 
It's a concept of home. When you think of that word home, what comes to mind? What, what feelings are engendered for you when you hear that word home? Now, it's interesting, in, in thinking about that, I ended up thinking about home alone. And what's it like to be alone, which obviously then made me think about the, the classic 1990 Christmas film. It's not Christmas unless you've watched Home Alone. Now, uh, it is a story about an eight-year-old boy, in case you are not from America or um, you don't believe in the classics. Uh, home Alone is a story about an eight-year-old boy who's left home one Christmas. By accident, his entire family, family ends up flying to Paris without him, and the story is about them trying to get back home to him while he is left there trying to protect his home from some thieves. I love that movie mostly because I love watching grown adults, grown adult men hurt themselves and scream like children. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. That's probably why I like Americans Funniest Home Videos too, but, but, but that's, that's why I like it. But the powerful scene in the movie, I'm sorry if I'm going to ruin this for you. You've had 30 years to watch it, so I'm not that sorry. But the powerful scene in the movie is when mom finally gets home on Christmas Day. And the question is, what's little eight-year-old Kevin going to do? Is he going to be bitter? Is he going to be upset? Or is he going to embrace his mom? And so there is this tension if you, if you remember the movie, there's this tension where Kevin's looking at mom for just a moment and then he takes off and he goes running. And, and right there, you get a, a small glimpse of what home is supposed to be. Home is supposed to be that embrace. It's supposed to be that welcoming. It's supposed to be that sense that you get to come back in and be part of family. And so today, we are looking at this idea of hospitality. We're looking at this idea of open house. What does it mean as a church to be an open house? What does it mean to run your life in the sense of an open house in your home? And so uh, we're going to be revisiting this verse often through the series, Romans 12, verse 13, which tells us when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. It's interesting Mark said, I know what I love about the river. And he, he said, I, I want to share this. It's, it's kind of, I, I think it's kind of heavy, but I, I want to share this. And I'm like, I, I just smiled and I said, yeah, share that. That would be good. What did he say? One of the things I love about the river is that we're there for people when they're in need. And then the last part of the verse says, always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, here's the truth that I understand when it comes to hospitality. Some people have the gift of hospitality right? You know, like you, you've met those people, you walk into their homes and you're like, oh my word. You, you, you just, you cannot believe all of the things that they did to make you feel ready for them to be there. But what I see in this verse is that none of us are off the hook. That just because some people have the gift of hospitality doesn't mean that the rest of us just get to be slobs and don't really care whether or not people come in. It's kind of like some people have the gift of evangelism. I mean, Billy Graham was one of those people. 
He could sneeze and 12 people would get saved in that direction. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just the way Billy Graham was. But it doesn't mean that those of us who may not have that gift are exempt from the calling to provide people an opportunity to come to God. That we're supposed to be people who are presenting this good news, whether we have the gift of evangelism or whether we have to work at it a little bit more than others. The same thing is true with hospitality. Some people have that gift. Some people are just naturally wired for it. But all of us need to be ready, need to be eager to practice it, to try to show love, to try to show hospitality to the people in our lives, to the people that we're coming in contact with. And so, in order for us to understand that, today in part one, I want to talk about at home with God. Because if we're going to understand hospitality, we have to understand it all starts with God. God showed us what it was to be hospitable. God showed us what it was to be people who invite others in. From the very beginning, God had a plan. And and as I mentioned earlier, that when you are waiting for people to come, when you are preparing for people to come home, to come into your space, it goes a long ways to show them that you're prepared. It goes a long way to actually making sure the house is clean. It goes a long way to make sure you got their favorite beverages or you know, their favorite snacks ready for them when they walk in. Or, or at least some beverages or some snacks. You know, that, that, that you're ready for people to show up. Well, what we're going to see through our text this morning is that God just did just that for us too. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that's probably very, very, very familiar to most of you if you've grown up in church. But I don't know if we've always read it through the eyes of hospitality. If we've always looked at this passage and gone, wow, God was ready for us. It's the story of creation. When God decided, I want to invite other people into my life. I want to invite other people into who I am. And so, He decided to speak order into the chaos. He decided to speak life where there was no life. And and He brought us in and said, I want to have my home with you. And so, that's what we're going to look at this morning. I'm just going to read a few verses. This is a a deep, thick passage. And I really want to encourage you, sometime this week, go to Genesis chapter 1 and read it for yourself. Through the through the eyes of hospitality, but I want to just take a small portion and take some time and work through it. I'm going to look at Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to be looking at verses 3 through 8. Again, Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. And I'd actually invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. Even if you're online, you can stand up, dust the cereal off your pajamas, and together we're going to honor God's word today. So let me read Genesis 1, verses 3 through 8. This is how it reads out of the New Living. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be space between the waters to separate the waters from the heavens and the waters from the earth. 
And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters from the earth, from the waters from the heaven. And God called the space sky. And the evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to worship you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to honor you. We thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to come home. God, I pray that as we look at this passage, as we spend time in your word, as we spend time trying to understand it a little bit better, I ask that you would help us to live this out in such a way that we would recognize you've called us to yourself. You have made a way for us to come home. And I pray that we would be a people who continually exhibit hospitality, continually exhibit the heart of God that invites all people in. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And we pray your spirit upon all that we're doing this morning as we pray it all in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, before you see it, I want to wave at one or two people. Let them know you're excited to be worshiping with them this morning. If you're online, wave at us. Let us know you're here. Uh, we, we are excited to be worshiping together today. This whole concept of hospitality, it's a concept that's easy to miss. It's a concept that we may not always see clearly, but I want you to see it's all throughout the Scriptures. And today, as I mentioned, we, I want to go to this passage, this story of creation, and I want you to see God's hospitality. I want you to see that God is a God who loves to invite people in. And it's marked by how he created the universe. First thing that I want you to see this morning is that God prepared. God prepared. It wasn't like he said, you know, I'm going to have some guests over. Um, I hope they find their way. God actually prepared earth for us. He prepared the universe for us. And there's, I want to jump back to verse 4. It says, And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. That phrase, God saw that it was good, actually appears seven times in this passage on creation in Genesis chapter 1. So, when you when you're, do your homework like you know, good Christians should, right? You're, you're going to go home, you're going to read Genesis chapter 1, you're going to see seven different times. God looks at what He's doing through creation and He calls it good. But what does that mean? What does it mean when He says it was good? Now, I want you to see what it doesn't mean. It's not like God was congratulating Himself, like patting Himself on the back. Look at what a good job I did. Isn't that amazing? I'm such an amazing God. Look at me. Uh, That's not what God was saying. It also wasn't necessarily that He was saying this was morally good, like good versus evil. 
In, the, in this Hebrew word we find here seven times, God is actually saying that this is pleasant, that this is desirable, that this is in order. In other words, he's saying this is good because it will provide for the order I'm trying to create. I mean, just stop and think what happened in those six days. You know, I talked about you, you want to make sure you got snacks, you want to make sure you got beverages, you want to make sure everything's set up. What did God do in those six days? He gave us water. He gave us plants to eat. Eventually, He gave us animals to eat. And for all of you non-vegetarians, you say amen. You know, like God, God was preparing the world for us. Not only that, he, he didn't just expect us to step into the mess. He made this beautiful expanse. <laughs> if you don't believe in the hospitality of God, wake up some morning early enough for you to see the sunrise and recognize each day God has clothed that day with hospitality. He's made it someplace He's inviting you to come in and to enjoy. I mean, e even when it's raining, even when... The snow's on the ground. There, there, there's a beauty in creation. And God did that for us. In much the same way, we, we have people that we try to make sure when you walk in, you've got coffee, you've got the things you want, that, that it looks good, that it smells good, that, that we do our best to take what we have in this space and make it hospitable. We want to make it, you feel like we were ready for you to come. That's what God did here. In the first chapter of the Bible, He created a world that was in order, that was pleasant, that was desirable. And He said, it's good. I'm creating this to be a good place for you to be in. And then, we get down to the last time He says it. In verse 31, because God looked over all that he had made. And he said, it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. So, this was right after he created humanity. And right after he created humanity, he didn't just say it was good. He said it was very good. There's all sorts of theological reasons why people believe that transition takes place. That six times he just says it's good. And the seventh time he says it's very good. And, and I could fill a few sermons just on that transition. But can I maybe just throw this out since we're talking about hospitality? I think maybe part of the reason God said it was very good was because he created this for us and we were finally in the picture. I mean, think about what it's like when you are preparing for guests and they finally walk in and they're finally enjoying what you have prepared for them. I mean, I, I can't think about this series without thinking about my daughter and how she loves to prepare for people to come over and she's waiting for them at the door. Like, Every time someone comes over, she's got signs made for, you know, welcome grandpa, welcome uncle Brad. I mean, just like, 
She's always prepared and always excited. And when people come in and enjoy what she's made, it thrills her heart. I think that's part of the reason. Maybe not all the only, maybe not the deepest, most theological reason, but I think it's part of the reason why when God looked at humanity living in the creation, he had prepared for them. He was able to look at that moment and say, this is very good. He was prepared. He was prepared for us. The other thing that I see through the story of creation is that God cared. That it wasn't just that he put things in order and then walked away. I mean, that, that was a very popular theology or lack of theology maybe for centuries. There's probably still a lot of people who maybe they believe in God, but they don't believe that he intervenes in the world today. They believe that you know, he wound up the world like a clock and then set it on a counter and just left it alone. But what we see through the whole of Scripture is that God didn't just prepare this for us and expected us just to run around in the garden and try to figure it out for ourselves. There's a constant sense that throughout creation and throughout history, God has been looking down from heaven. Or more importantly, God has been entering into where we are and seeing the things we need and then being a good host and doing what is necessary to draw us into a more fuller expression of what he created us for. Jumping ahead to chapter 2, we see God in the middle of this creation act, looking down at Adam and realizing that I need to provide something a little bit different for him. And so we reread in verse 18, it says, and then God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. God looked down and said, I've made this perfect world. But even in perfection, there was longing. Even in perfection, there was a sense that God created something that he himself could not fulfill. I don't know if you stopped to think about that before. But this is before the fall. This is before there was any sin in the world. And God said, it's not good for it just to be me and man. He created longing even in creation. But then he provided a means to meet it. And he provided Adam a wife and created the human race. He cared about us. He cared about us enough to provide that. He cared about us enough to provide, again, the food, the shelter, the the means, the intelligence. He cared enough for us that when we finally did sin and bring this death into our creation, He provided a means of salvation through His Son, Jesus. All of the Bible shows that as a good host, God cares about us. And he is constantly working. Not that, I don't want you to get this mixed up as though God is some kind of concierge just waiting for you to ring a bell. You know, by the way, I need more mints over here. You know, it's like, that, that, that's not the way God is. But at the same time, he's there to meet our most basic of needs and even some of our most crazy of wants. God is a God who loves to lavish on us 
especially as we turn our hearts towards Him. He wants to pour out good gifts on us. He cares about us. And then another important thing that I I want us to see is that God shared. It wasn't just that He prepared the world for us. It wasn't just that He cared for us and provided different things for us. He also desired to share it with us. And jumping ahead, I'm skipping a lot of, a lot of Scripture. I, I realize that. This is my weekly plug. Read your Bible. It's a really good book. Um, there's really good stuff in there. But we jump ahead to Genesis chapter 3 and realize in Genesis chapter 3, that's where sin entered the world. But yet there's this little verse that it's easy to miss. And it's easy to miss the hospitality that's seen in it because of how it's sandwiched in the middle of this terrible act of humanity rebelling against their Creator. But right there in the middle of that, in verse 8, we read, When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. I mean, the next line is, and they hid. But what we see here is God showed up. And how did they know God had shown up? I think it's because implicit in this verse is this is something he had done before. They knew it was his steps. They knew it was his presence because they had experienced his presence there before. God wanted to share his hospitality with us. He wanted to be Someone who walked alongside of us. What's powerful is he did it even after we had sinned. Just because we had sinned, it didn't mean he was like, okay, I'm done with you. Go figure this out on your own. Even after he had sinned, he still went down to be with them. He didn't run from them. They ran from him. And I've said that in the past. That's one of the most damaging parts about sin. We, we get a bad theology that teaches that God can't stand to be around our sin. The very first thing that God did when they had sinned was go to be with them. It's not that God can't stand to be around your sin. It's that God hates the fact that your sin makes you run from Him. The very one who could heal you. The very one who could cover you. The very one who could come into the situation and provide healing and hope. Sin makes us run from that. And today, that same God is here. That same God wants us to be a part of this story. And so, He's here in this moment. He's right where you're at, wherever you're watching us, wherever you're worshiping with us. God is right with us in this moment. And He's wanting us to turn to Him He's wanting us to invite him back into the story. And studying for this, I found this great quote by a a poet, Lucy Shaw. And she says this, It is essential, sorry, God's relationship with us surrounds us like a house. It is essential, the frame and backdrop of all thinking, being, and doing We are at home in the divine presence in a way that is deeper than consciousness. 
God surrounds us like a house. His presence is meant to be drawn into. And God prepared that house for us. He prepared His presence for us so that we could be with Him. So that we could experience what it is. So, as we look at this series about hospitality, I really want to encourage you, take some time and learn from God. Take some time and invite God into the process. And let's be a people who take seriously the call to be loving and caring and inviting others into the experience we call the church, into the experience we call a relationship with God. And so, this week, I want to encourage you, take some time and meditate. Okay. Take some time and meditate on the hospitality that God has shown toward you. Read through Genesis chapter 1. Read through some other passages. And look at how God extended His hospitality toward you. Look at the cross. Look at different elements and see that. And then, I want you to consider how you are to show that hospitality toward others. I don't think God modeled this just so that we could say, oh wow, we have a great God. Although I hope you're looking and saying, oh wow, we have a great God. But I think He modeled this so that we would go out and do the same. And and that's why I would like you to memorize the passage or the verse that we started with. That we are to encourage people in their time of need and that we are to seek opportunities for hospitality. And as a church, we want to come alongside of you. We believe that you finding what God created you to do to extend hospitality to other people is a part of the reason you're a part of the church. It's a part of the reason why you've been invited into the family. You've been invited in because God wants to use your uniqueness, the unique gifts and talents He's put in you to help other people feel welcome into this story. And so we have a few very simple things that we want to do to help you with that. The first thing that I really want to encourage you to do is if you haven't filled out your communication card, fill that out. If you're here, we really want you to fill that out because, number one, we want to say thank you for being here. That's our way of extending hospitality to you. But also, if you fill this out, you will get a notification in your email with some questions that you can be asking your family or a life group or or just get together with people, you'll get a little quick ideas of, here's some questions you could get together with a small group and ask. You can ask it over lunch today or over dinner tonight. I don't think it'll get to you by lunch, so strike that. But it will get to you by dinner. So maybe over dinner, you could be asking these questions of your family. And so make sure you you text that in and, and get those questions. It's a practical way for you to make this a little bit more real. The other thing that we really want to encourage you is that we want to help you figure out your unique skill sets. And so if you feel called to serve, we want you to jump on here and 
It's riveroflife.co, not .com, .co forward slash serve. And, and that will take you to a little page where you can fill out a quick form and we will do our best to get you connected. And the, the thing is, we also want to give you opportunity to figure out what God has created you for. I mean, understand, we're not, you know, if you sign up for that, it's not like we're signing you on the thing and you're going to be working in the nursery tomorrow. We don't even have the nursery working yet. But, but it's coming up soon. And if that's something you love, we would love for you to be a part of that. But, but that you would take some time and, and we would we'd be able to pour into you, figure out what your spiritual gifts are and give you opportunities to exercise those gifts. So, you know, take some time, go to that website. And if you filled out your communication card, that website will be sent to you with that email later on today. But the last thing that I want to ask you to do is just be praying. Be praying about what your place could be and to help remind you. Because, I mean, here's the thing. I can tell you, go pray. And you're going to go, I'm going to go pray. And you get home and there's something burning on the stovetop and there's, you know, leaking in the basement and the kids are going crazy or your car breaks down and it becomes really easy to forget to pray about hospitality. Right? I mean, that, is it just me? I mean, am I the only one that deals with these things? Like, I'm committed to praying and then all of a sudden, you know, I get up and there's something dead on my front door or something like that. I don't know. That doesn't happen often. I'll throw that out at you. But, but, but something happens to derail my determination to pray. And so we want to give you a very simple, very practical help. Up here at the uh, front, we've got these little blessed doormats. I want you, if you want to be praying about this through this series, come up and grab one of these and put it someplace that it's going to remind you to pray. You can put it at your front door. I mean, they're, they're nice. I mean, they're, it, it looked good at your front door, but... Before you do that, I would even encourage you, unless that's just where you got to do it to remind yourself, I'd encourage you to put it someplace else for a while that you're going to see every day. Maybe put it on your counter, and this is where you put your keys and your cell phone at night. Because you don't go to bed with the cell phone right next to your head, right? you you got a place to put it, right? So, whatever. <laughs> that's a story for another day. But, but yeah, so find some place where you're going to have to go to every day and see this. And, re- and remind yourself, you are blessed because you are to be a blessing to other people. You are blessed because you are someone who is supposed to be connecting. And if you're online and, and, and you can't get one of these fancy doormats from us, go, find, go get one for yourself. It doesn't have to be blessed. It doesn't have to be this fancy. But, but find one that you can put someplace in your home to remind yourself during this series I want to be praying about how God wants to use me in hospitality. And so as we end the service, I want to encourage you. We've got a couple of different styles. Come grab one and place it someplace where you're going to remember to be praying about hospitality. Because we are blessed to be a blessing. We were shown hospitality so that we will turn around and be hospitable to others. And so I, I really want to encourage you during this series, be praying about that, be considering that, and be asking God to give you practical ways 
I mean, I, I just talked with somebody this morning who's talking about maybe doing a backyard VBS. In the past, we've had people do backyard Bible studies. We've got summer coming up. There are opportunities to get out and be hospitable to one another. I, mean, I have a feeling Mark might try to convince us to start meeting in parks again. I mean, I don't know. That just kind of seems like the kind of guy Mark is. And so, I mean, you know, we, woo, there we go. So, so, I mean, there's ways that we can do this. There's ways that we can show hospitality. There's ways that we can be creative and not just invite the people in this room, but please invite the people in this room. You need the people in this room. You need the people that you're connecting with online who are part of your online community. You need to be connecting with one another, but you also need to be doing it in a way that invites others in as well. So let's practice on each other and then invite other people in. I think you're going to be amazed as you start to look at the Scriptures through the eyes of hospitality, just how important this is to God. It's all throughout Scripture. God is continually inviting people in. God's people are continually inviting people in. Not the least of which is through communion. That through the act of communion, we have learned what hospitality is. That when we were still sinners, when we were still enemies to God, God provided a way. And that's why during this series, we're going to actually participate in communion every week. That's not something we typically practice. I'm not saying it's wrong if you do. I'm not saying it's wrong if you don't. But for this series, we are going to practice this every week. And as I've said often, I want you to practice it outside of here too. I want you to find ways to do this in your home. Do this during lunch. Do this with friends, with coworkers. Because as you do it, you're remembering this gift of hospitality. This gift that God gave us of His Son dying on the cross for us. This gift of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate expression of hospitality. What was one of His names? God with us, Emmanuel. So this morning, we are going to partake of communion together. And then we're going to sing one more song. But let's do this with the understanding that this is an invitation into home. This is an invitation by God to say, welcome home. I think I've shared this in the past, but it's worth repeating. Three, most, three of the most powerful phrases in the English language are these. I love you. I forgive you. Dinner's ready. I love you. I forgive you. Dinner is ready. What's communion? I love you. I, I love you enough that I sent my son. I forgive you. I, I forgive you through what Christ has done on the cross. And dinner's ready. Let's come in and commune with God. That's what communion means. We commune with God. Dinner's ready. Now, obviously, we're not going to get full on this, but 
Hopefully our spirit does. So, with that, I want to pray. And first, I'm going to pray for those of you who may be here in this room or you might be watching online who you don't know Christ as your Lord. I want to give you an opportunity to respond and receive the hospitality of God through the gift of His Son. And then the rest of us, I'm going to pray over these elements and we're going to partake of this together. And then, as I said, we're going to worship. We're going to sing one more song. But let's leave here today with an anticipation that we are going to be the people of God living out hospitality. Let me pray. God, I pray that right now your Holy Spirit would be speaking to people. That if there are people here in this room or if there are people who are worshiping with us online in this moment, they don't know you. That they would clearly understand you are calling them home. I pray that you would help them to see that you are saying to them in this moment, I love you and I forgive you. And so if that's you, if you're here or if you're watching and you recognize you need Christ, I invite you to pray just a simple prayer. You can use my words, you can use your own words. You can say this out loud or you can say it in the quietness of your heart. But I want to encourage you to pray something simple like this. Pray, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God rose you from the dead. God, forgive me for my mistakes. I turn away from my old life. I turn toward you. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to live for you every day of my life. God, I thank you for new life. Today you have mine. As I pray this in God's holy name, amen. Amen. If that's you, let us know. Come talk with me after service. Connect with us online. Let us know you made that decision. And now let's partake of communion together. God, I thank you for what you have provided for us through the act of communion. I thank you that you are moving in our midst and that what this cup and what this bread symbolizes is your body broken for us, your blood poured out for us so that we could be made whole, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could recognize we are invited back home. I pray today that as we take this, you would provide healing. As we take this, you would provide forgiveness. As we take this, we would hear you say, welcome home. We love you so much, Jesus. Do what only you can do in this moment. We love you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's partake of the bread. And also of the cup. I want to invite you to stand and worship.
excited at any time during our worship. Feel free to come up and grab one of these if you would like to be praying with us. Or after worship is done, you can grab it as well. But let's let our lives echo the holiness of God as we leave this place today. Love you guys. Have a great week. Let's worship strong.